Aloha, everybody. This is Auntie Puka. You're listening to KNKRLP 96.1 FM. Kohala. Again, welcome uh, to the Kukaku Kawikalani show. It's uh, 7.04, May 4th, and you're listening to KNKR LP 96.1 FM Kohala, and we're live. And uh, I'm sitting here with two of my mystery guests for now. Uh, thank you guys for dropping in. I really appreciate it. You can talk okay. to the mic, you? Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. It's an honor. Yeah, if you guys can guess who they are, uh, call in at uh, 884-5657 and uh, just listen to their voices and see if you know who they are. Anyway, I was talking to one of them, and this is uh, a pleasant surprise for me. And he was telling me that the people in Hana catch uh, KNKR very clearly. 
You know, it's nothing to obstruct the uh, the uh, radio waves across the channel, right? Yeah. And uh, that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah, right yeah. on. So uh, shout out to Hannah. Yeah, shout out to Hannah, guys, <laughs> and thanks for tuning in. Anyway, um, you know, last week I was uh, attending the uh, what was it Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. Yeah. They had that meeting uh, about Polulu, the trailhead, and getting people's uh, manao, how they felt about it, and what were their thoughts, you know, regarding whatever they to talk about. And so while I'm uh, there, I happened to uh, meet up with some guys that uh, I knew uh, for many years, and uh, we had a very interesting conversation. Yeah. Hey, hanging out, out outside. Huh? <laughs> out outside, uh, having our own conversation oh yeah uh, the real meeting was outside <laughs> yeah yeah that's where the real meetings take place yeah. you know everybody's sitting in their chairs with the microphones and you know the yeah. the real uh the real story is uh, out there in fact it, the real story was out there yeah. and that's why i invited these two guys to be here because uh, it's stories that uh not many people are aware of or you know if your friends, uh, yeah, you, you, you'll, you'll know about your friend's story. But uh, these stories, uh, and that's what I like about this radio station or this program. Uh, we have people that talk about their experiences that nobody else will know except their own family, their own loved ones. Uh, and I thought it was important that you guys be here tonight because uh, the, the show I entitled it, I don't know how I come up with these titles, but it was Pololu and Beyond. And when I talk about beyond, you think beyond the future, yeah? But I think beyond is the past. And that's where the real, the real meeting takes place. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to um, introduce you guys if you haven't guessed them. Anyway, <laughs> why don't, you, don't tell you what your name is, but just share a little bit your family, your background. And we're going to start with, in fact, I was his swim coach. Yeah, but we'll start with that. I think even <laughs> before you were my uh, swim coach, I think you were my soccer coach. Oh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> if you remember. Um, yeah, long, lo um, long line of coaching. So oh, yeah, I forgot I, about that. If yeah. you don't mind, I'll just call you coach. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah but, uh, I like that. I, that's a respected title. Yeah. To be called a coach, you know. Yeah. And you used to let me go surfing when the waves were up. So <laughs> that's Instead. the best coach right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I was a softie. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so um, I don't know much more. So I can well, say. Well, you know, like, uh, uh, well, you know, you're you're right. Uh, yeah, I forgot all about that. Uh, we go so way back soccer. to soccer. AYSO uh -huh. soccer. Everybody's a winner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put me in, coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had to play at least two quarters. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. had to. You know, everybody, you know, nobody sits on the bench. The best players don't play. Yeah. You know, you don't have to earn nothing. You get a trophy at the end of the year. Everybody's yeah. a winner. Yeah. No wonder we lose all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ko Koala socks. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, I want to introduce my guest, uh, Tommy Gomes. As you know, yeah, his family, me, yeah. the Gomes family here mm -hmm. in Kohala. Uh, uh, I was a young guy, but I remember his grandfather, Frank yeah. Gomes, and your grandma, because uh, my mother was a real estate broker, and that's how she knew Frank. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was a real estate broker here in Kohala for a long time. Helped a lot of people, too. Yeah. yeah. I think he uh, passed away in the maybe like around 82 or yeah, a bit before yeah. I was born. So Yeah. Um, but I always hear good things about him, like oh, yeah. the old-timers tell yeah, me. Yeah, Frank yeah. Gomes, yeah. And of course, your your father, uh, uh, David. Oh yeah, <laughs> 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 I was thinking of your mother. Yeah. 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 What was your mom's name? Uh, Marine. Yeah, yeah. Marine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Marine and uh, David. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh yeah, I, I remember them. Yeah. yeah. I, I just saw them both last night at the Mahukona. That's another uh, weekly uh, socializing event. Is oh yeah. Oh, what, Wednesday night Mahukona. What do they do? Yeah. Oh, like uh, kind of potluck and oh, yeah. um, and a little music circle. Like oh, right. At the uh, pavilion side or the uh, wharf yeah, side? Yeah, pavilion side. Pavilion yeah. side. Cool. It'd be nice if the pavilion was open. Yeah. Well, it's been like three years. Yeah, three years. They've been down yeah. three years. Yeah. I, I heard it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen, though. Yeah. In about a year or so. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, they keep saying that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we get them. 
carrot on a stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. hey, don't complain. Huh? <laughs> don't worry. Don't no worry. No worry. But I know they uh, run into a lot of problems with hazmat things. Yeah, and yeah. It's a poison soils yeah. and you know more about that stuff. Huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm talking with uh, Peony, Johnny McKillop. Uh, I've known him for a number of years. He's also the uh, project uh, coordinator for Kaola, the land that uh, the state and private donors uh, were able to purchase. You know, it's kind of like land banking, huh, Kiyoni? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you do a great job, man. Mm, I, I, I know there's like, they've had problems with uh, uh, people uh, occupying the land and yeah. uh, druggies and, yeah. and what's the latest on there? Um, right now we're pretty, it's pretty, the, it's, it's pretty, um, cleaned out and we've just had some problems with some abandoned vehicles down there. That's our biggest problem right now. But, um, other abandoned than that, cars, yeah, so. we've cleaned up all the, um, the homeless camps and, um, we've kind of cleared the whole place out. And so it's, uh, kind of healed a little bit. It's healing up a little bit. All it's right. pretty wild. Yeah. So that, that's a tough job. I remember, yeah. uh, these used to have rave parties on there. Yeah. That yeah, was a problem. Yeah. Just recently, um, we did find out that they had a, uh, pretty large chicken fight down there no way yeah like with yeah, big tents and was huge no. and yeah i heard about it after but i was oh. like wow these guys are. so it's still you know you know it is a wild uh you know uh, place that they can you know there's not there's nobody down there so but but um yeah we we got um some good guys now uh take uh, looking after it and stuff some local brothers you know yeah but yeah a couple of the akanas are Oh, kinda, yeah, they, yeah. They keep an eye on the place. Go down there pretty regular. They got a family fishing spot down there, so they're kind of on it. So since those guys have been watching the place, we haven't had too much problems. Right on. There's, uh, yeah, you know, that's the story. That things are happen. Like you tell me about the chicken fight with, huh? Yeah, the, blue. <coughs> that's been in the news lately. Yeah. yeah. But uh, anyway, won't you share some of your background, Fiona? Um, yeah, I was, uh, raised here in Kohala um, since I was a. Uh, uh, a kid all the way up through and uh, my dad was a uh, <coughs> big john mckillop big john. he was kind of a character of this town for many years he helped a lot of people yeah he was a he was a helpful guy yeah. and um uh and uh my mom is um uh, mig or marjorie mayo and she's a old school kohala she worked at the dentist's office she's a lifeguard back at mauna Kea beach back in the 70s and just um you know really solid too and um, so just, yeah, my roots here in Kuala go back to the seventies and, uh, seen a lot of changes, you know, over the years since then. And, um, Polu Valley has been kind of, you know, has always been a real special place since it was, you know, back then, even when, as a kid, we'd go down there quite a bit and, um, you know, it just, it's changed a bit, uh, quite a bit over the years yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, just like, so it's nice to see that, you know, people are concerned now about Polu Valley and, you know, it's not, it's kind of, you know, it's a good and a bad thing and everybody's checking it out and, yeah, and, yeah. and looking at it. But it is, I think in the end, it's going to turn out to be a positive situation. I remember at one time uh, <clears throat> when we were with Huyo Malahua, that, you know, it was, the big thing was uh, gates. Yes. Yeah. And lock gates. Yep. And I remember at the bottom of Pololo, they had erected a gate yeah. that they locked. Yeah. Uh, people could walk around it. It didn't restrict pedestrian traffic. But what they're trying to do is uh, people coming down with their horses. Yeah. I guess they would go hunting yeah. in Second and Third Valley. I understood that. Uh, but one of the guys, uh, old-timer, uh, who grew up in Pololo, yeah, until you know the family moved out, and he was uh, really against that. Yeah. And I, I thought, like, well, just personally, I'm not going to interfere because, you know, he's an old-timer, and, uh, you know, he's got his own uh, reasons for for not wanting that lock gate. And I was just sitting with him one day, and, and uh, he, 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 he brought it up. I didn't. I, di I didn't want to bring it up, but he did. He said, you know, we stay fighting to uh, unlock gates. And then they pull and lock it at Pololo. I don't think that's right. And he felt like it was a contradiction, you know, for him to say one is okay and the others are not. And I, 
<laughs> you know, this is an uh, old kupuna, you know, uh, yeah. saying that it's going, oh, yeah. well, you know, uh, I, 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 it's not my place to say. Yeah. But uh, I felt like he, it was his place. That, that's how he felt. And he told them, you're going to take the gate out. They did. Yeah. You know, they respected. Uh, yeah. They weren't happy about it, but they did. But I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. It's a special place. It really is, yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of, um, anyway, a lot of my childhood heroes had a connection to that place, you know, Oklahoma alum and oh. Wallace Ching and, and you know, Benny Raymond and, and just um, Frederita and just these guys who, like, as I was coming up, they were kind of like supermen to me. You know, they would just go back there and just come back and just they would have stories and stuff. Anyway, so that's how I got really, really into that place it was, you know, these guys, they, sh they showed me a lot of the, of what you could do down there and, and you know polu it is it, it's a it's a resource for the locals you know the locals they need to to go there and to be able to like you say they need to be able to hunt and they need to be able to fish and they need to be able to you know go there and gather things for their family because that's just a way of life here in koala it was their uh, cultural lifestyle yeah that's exactly right yeah. and, and and you know there's you know, koala's changing every day, but there's still is a, lo a lot of locals that need, like what you guys did for who, you know, Hui Mamalahoa, that was, that was so people could eat, you know what I mean? And, and it's mm -hmm. still like that today. And, and so this whole thing with Polu is just, I hope that the locals don't get restricted access down there for, especially for, especially for hunting and fishing and diving and all of that. I remember uh, while we were talking outside, the meeting where we're having our own meeting and Tommy you brought something that I thought was really uh, interesting you, you said uh, uh, you and your friends I guess girls and guys uh -huh. you guys would go down the beach build uh -huh. a fire uh, oh. <laughs> here you're not supposed to do that <laughs> uh, fires aren't allowed but, um, oh they're not but yeah. I'm, I'm talking about back in the day <laughs> oh yeah back in the back day back in the day it was yeah. like you know, yeah. bonfire yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, this um, was this was before. Yeah, yeah. yeah do it um, in a in a way that's uh, not going to affect you know, like make a wildfire or damage any anything else. But yeah, just make there's so much wood down there and a lot of driftwood. Yeah, kind of yeah. clean up the place. It, it, there might be like a dead pig carcass that washes up. But that's a good way to kind of clean the place up is to burn um, pig carcasses. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I know it's uh, a <coughs> traditional thing. Right. That uh, well, what you're telling is that uh, oh. you guys would sit on the beach, make a fire, uh -huh. and then wait for the uh, moon to rise yeah, or wait for sunrise. Yeah. Yeah, it comes right up over the ocean sometimes of the year. It's uh, when it uh, reflects off the water. Oh. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. This would be the moon. Yeah, at nighttime. Yeah. Oh, on, the, on the water, like wa washing up on the beach yeah. and just seeing all the um, reflections of the moon and. Uh, it, yeah, it's how, how, what did it make you feel like? Oh, <laughs> it's like almost like you're uh, on some kind of psychedelic drugs, but you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd say something like that. Be one with my environment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, they wanted me to turn into uh, yeah. a climate change yeah. warrior. Yeah. But, oh no, yeah. I, for me, um, Pololu also is just like a. Um, it's almost like a place where you can go and feel like you like restore your your strength and your health and kind of go into a, in a space where, uh, <coughs> yeah, it's just, it's, it's healing. healing. And, 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 and it's more healing, I think, because there's not as much people around to kind of soak up all that. So you're kind of down there by yourself, like just soaking up all the, the heat of the sun and the wind and the ocean and all that. It's, it's, it's more special when there's not like a hundred people just, you know, standing Cruising up and down. Yeah. Well, like yeah. you say, Kioni, uh, you know, times have changed. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember, I'm sure you've been down there, and you'd be the only person there. Yeah. You know, I, I would be down there by myself. And the only reason why, because everybody was working. <laughs> yeah. You know, but uh, it, it was, it had that effect. But uh, I remember that, uh, and I was speaking with Tommy, that I was your soccer coach. I remember that. <laughs> and then I was, uh, in high school, I was your swim coach, and you were <laughs> a swimmer. You were a sprinter. Uh, 50 yard free, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't have much stamina. <laughs> oh, most most non-swimmers. <laughs> no, but he did pretty good. He did pretty good. He, he was yeah. up there in the top eight. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I remember your time, but I'm not going to mention it because it was kind of slow. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, after partying down at Kapanaya. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they go to the meet. But uh, so that's what's going on. <laughs> but anyway, I remember that uh, as a senior lifeguard at the pool, I would uh, uh, have to conduct lifeguard training classes, uh-huh. and that uh-huh. you, you took those classes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was wondering if you could, uh, these things happen, and not too many people know about it, because, you know, some they do, uh, but, you know, you have these isolated incidents. Nobody knows about it, just you and the person or the people on the beach. But I remember you were surfing one time, and somebody yeah. got into trouble. You want to share yeah. that with us? But yeah, I remember the first time, um, I was just I was surfing out there, it was, the waves weren't that big or anything, and I think I remember at the time, was, uh, there was a big group of people just kind of about waist deep in the water, just, I don't know, there must have been like a dozen children and an adult just ha- having a good time, and most people went in, but there was a couple uh, girls that, at, um, by the time I noticed, the, it was more like the people on the beach were like waving them in, like, come on in, come on, and they were having a hard time getting back in, and I was pretty close, so I just kind of um, caught a little wave over there and asked if they needed help. And, um, <laughs> That, that wasn't too bad, but yeah, cause just um, being aware of your surroundings. Like, I, if I wouldn't have noticed on the beach that they were trying to wave them in, I wouldn't have been able to help so much. But uh, <laughs> that was an easy one because those girls are kind of small. The, the other time there was like a, fu- a full-grown man, like a big, big man. Yeah. He, he was washed up down below the uh, on the cliffside. Kind of the current carried him down past the beach. Oh wow! And We've seen him, like, um, no one could really see him from the beach because he's already kind of down in front of the cliff. He said it towards Bird Cave. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Went to yeah. Bird Cave. Yeah. Yeah. K- uh, point. Yeah. K-O-K-S side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and then, like, me and my two friends, like, with the three of us, it was it was more challenging, I thought, than just that the first time with the, the girls and everything. Because he was uh, not as cooperative, I think, a little more, more scared and everything. So you, you have to get, like, in the psychological part of that, like, kind of like bring him back into the water he didn't want to get back in the water but oh like he was on the rocks yeah so like yeah and then just all the weight he wasn't um comfortable with being in that situation so um <clears throat> yeah that was just different scenarios i guess when people panic or don't panic I, i'm not really an expert of uh <laughs> rescuing people so but just yeah if you're in the spot and you're like oh i can help you know with the surfboard you just put them on there and tow them around if you can. Well, when somebody's <laughs> in a panic mode, uh, that, that's tough to go back into the ocean. Yeah, where they'll, they'll where drown you. Yeah, I mean, you just kind of escape with your life. Yeah. And then you guys are telling them, come back in so we can we can save you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of the only way to help them out. It's like, you got to come yeah. back in the water. <laughs> and you had to trust you guys. Yeah. Big guy. Yeah, bigger than me. <laughs> Big. You know what, you know what they say? In, in in rescues, if it's a huge person. Uh, they become more passive if they drown a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> take the fight out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah anyway, uh, yeah. So I, I remember that uh, yeah, you had saved a couple of people. Yeah, I'm sure that. that all that um, lifeguard training that we did helped out. I'm just being able to swim was probably the biggest thing. Is being a, a strong swimmer and being able to have that confidence. Pull them mm-hmm. in. Yeah, I remember yeah. Uh, my friend Michelle Wiring. She was down at Polo, and she took my class too, but she was a swimmer. And uh, she noticed that there was this guy from New York, at the time she didn't know. Yeah, and she was watching, and she could uh-huh. see that, you know, part of like lifeguard training is uh, through observation, you can tell if somebody's a distressed swimmer or, yeah. And so she was watching this guy, and she said, oh, this guy's in trouble. There are other people on the beach, but you know, they're not akamai to that. Yeah. And she uh, told her husband, uh, she's gonna go get this guy. And luckily, uh, there were rescue tubes on the beach at that time. Mm-hmm. And she uh, used one, went up, sure enough, the guy had a cramp. And you know, over there, once you get caught, I call them channels, but you get caught in that- uh, Rip. Uh, rip. Yeah, rip, yeah. the rip. Uh-huh. And you have a cramp. Uh, you're done. You're going. Yeah. You, you go down into the yeah. uh, with the big boys hang out. Yeah. 
I've seen that down at Polu yeah? a What's lot. What's your experience? Oh, yeah, that, that rip down there, it's just been, I mean, when I was a kid, numerous times we've had, I had friends like, whoa, and they're already like halfway out. I've had them seen people go both ways towards the valleys and then also towards the, you know, bird cave over there, Cocoa Point that, but just recently, it wasn't even that, it was only, I guess it was a couple of years ago, but it, there were some people that were kind of new to town and, and they were surfing down there. And I don't know if you remember this incident, but the, they got swept pretty hard to Bird Cave and they were way past Bird Cave. And, no way, oh yeah, they that's had to, far. And they had to get plucked by the chopper. Oh my gosh, They had that's to call far. the chopper. Yeah, it was far. I and mean, they were out in the blues, like you said oh. too, with the tax guys out there. You yeah. know what I mean? It was, uh, that's, once you can't see the bottom and you know you're out there, you know get that feeling huh mm-hmm. but, <laughs> but but yeah they they had to get uh, rescued that wasn't even that long ago and and you know that's the thing about polu and that riptide down there is uh you know doesn't just take kids it, it'll, it'll take a full-grown adult like nothing out there that's a mean rip man so i, I don't like i remember you were the one that told me many many years ago that you were advocating for a lifeguard down there for so long you know so and it just you know there's just so many i mean the i i was talking at the meeting outside when we were talking i was talking to elijah one of the lifeguards and i was just like i mean one of the firemen of our town i was just telling him yeah and he's like yeah it's you know we have so many calls now down there so the beach is a killer yeah, the beach and the trail too, yeah. you know. Yeah, so that's why it's so great that we got, you know, Auntie Sarah and and Uncle Paul and, and all the other, the yeah, Sherry and Brian, yeah. yeah they're just trying to, you know, trying to at least put it in their brains that it's not, it's not just a, you know, all sun and vacation. You know, you got to be aware down there. Black you know? sand, yeah, blue water. Yeah, but I really wish they did have some more like severe rip, you know, because. In my opinion, one of the biggest problems of the all the problems that the problem that's causing all the problems to Polu Valley in and of itself is those Big Island Revealed books, man. Wow. Those those tourist books. I mean, they're so pilau. I mean, I I I am just hoping that the state is going to somehow make the. But I, I you know, it's a it's a horrible situation. They should but, have some responsibility. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's creating this destination points. Well, they should be liable for the. I mean, think about what the 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 county's got to pay for all those rescues down there, and then the the you know the I heard, I'm not totally familiar with it, but I know in other places in the state, this the state has sued the books because historical oh, yeah. cultural spots, heiaus, are getting trampled on just getting hammered the well, petrogl- people want to go see it yeah that's in the book and so then all of a sudden the oh, traffic yeah, yeah. the traffic increases exponentially all of a sudden everybody's just giving a roadmap right to it and it you know top 10 things to do on the big island i'm pretty sure polo's in there or whatever oh, you know I'm sure. and so I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a couple of spots here in koala that are in that book but it's like oh. but that i mean you know it just i i get it you know that they they're just making a book to help well, out. you know, the advertisements, you know, Yeah, you know, exactly. You, you, you grab my magazine, you know. Yeah. The, adverse, the advertisers are happy. But those things, man, those... Well, I, I think they should <laughs> contribute to a fund. I mean, most tourists get off a plane, go to Costco, grab that book, <laughs> Big Island Revealed, and then yeah, it's... Grab, uh, it, boy, yeah, exactly, boat. yeah. And then, you know, but I, I just don't understand how, like, in those books, it's not, like, super dangerous rip current. Mm can take you out you know they, they just are trying to make it well we're gonna uh we're gonna take a station break and really get into uh what we're talking about polo valley and beyond beyond yeah uh yeah you're listening to uh knkr lp 96.1 fm kohala and let me put on uh, this recording this is uh kohala Blues. gonna blow so I'm gonna go down that road again starting where the mountains left me I'm back up where I once began where I go the wind only knows good times around the bend 
get in my car, I'm going too far, I ain't never coming back again. All right, <laughs> that's our own Tommy Gomes, uh, son of David and Marine Gomes. And uh, he brought his ukulele. This is the first ukulele uh, your father. Uh, I think it's number six. Oh, number six. Yeah. Well, pretty close. And uh, this is from the 70s, right? Yeah. When he started getting into... Uh, yeah, kind of mid-70s, maybe 76 or something. When he started to make uh, instruments, right? Yeah. I know. We, we got one of his ukuleles from my niece. Uh, that's a nice sounding you. 1975. 1975. Oh, my gosh. That's the uh, year the plantation folded. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I like that song. That's nice. All right, Tommy, thank you. I really appreciate it. That was uh, Tommy Gomes playing his rendition. Uh, what uh, was it called? Uh, Polo Lou Blues. Oh, Polo. I'll, I'll play the other half of it uh, yeah. in, in next uh, break. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right on. But anyway, welcome back uh, to Tommy's uh, Pololo Blues. <laughs> but yeah, we've been speaking with uh, Kelly McKillop and uh, Tommy Gomes. And uh, I mentioned that we, we want to go back in time. And, you know, the things that I, you know, I, I look at Facebook and see what's happening in Polo, what's happening in New Day, what's happening, you know, around town and whatnot, uh, just to, to get updated. And, you know, it's the people's voices, yeah. They're speaking. But I remember I was reading this thing about uh, uh, somebody that, some kid I think was picking up trash at Pololo. And then I remembered, uh, you were doing this how long ago? Um, this is the early 2000s that we started. Yeah, it was like 2004. I went back and looked at the pictures. The first one was 2004. 2000, 2004, yeah. This is 23. That's 18, 19, 19, 19 years, years ago. ago yeah. yeah, 19 years ago. Yeah, Keone Phillip, uh, Keone Phillip, <laughs> Keone McKillop, you were doing that cleaning up all over. Yeah, it was our first organized cleanup. We were doing it before then uh, when I, you know, college friends or whatever, we'd come out and clean up Kapanaya or or Polo, but um, that was the first year. Uh, that yeah, we made a concerted effort to uh, you know organize and and get everybody down. Put up some, we put up flyers basically, you know, let people know. What motivated you to do this? Um, I I'd moved back to Kohala recently, and um, I when had, you were gone for school or something. Yeah, I you know left. I went back. Just after high school. Yes, yeah, so I went. Yeah, so I my I you know graduated high school and then, What year was that? Uh, that was 1990. 1990, you graduated. That's exactly right, yeah. 1990. The year my kid was born. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so I was graduating that year. Yeah. So and then um so then I went to uh mainland college for oh. uh yeah, for a year and a half, then came back and then uh uh continued my schooling at UH at yeah, Hilo College of Ag. And then um so I made my way slowly back to Koala from there, you know, I was on the east side and I started moving back, you know, all the little towns along the way, Okala, Pawilo, Waimea, and then finally got back to Koala, like, I think 2001, 2002. And so anyway... Um, and your dad, your family is living here? Uh, no, actually, at that time, uh, I just came back. Uh, oh, and my dad was over in Hana, Maui. Oh, Hana, and Hana. Yeah, Hana. yeah, yeah. And my mom was uh, up in Waimea. Okay. And then, um, so, uh, anyway... Um, yeah, I came back and then uh, I uh, I got a job here actually in Koala and then from you know when I was fresh from college, and then uh, <clears throat> mostly moved back for the job. But anyway, I uh, what I had done is that I had some success in uh, with large community uh, endeavors. You know, anyway, built a a park in any way, but up in Waimea that nature park, Ulalaau Nature Park. And um, spent uh, you know several years doing that with uh, and so um, we basically it was an old pig pen along this river right in the middle of town right, and right. Uh, I, I and we ripped it all down at first it was just a handful of us and then eventually it it picked up steam and then everybody started hearing about it and jumping in and the next thing you know we're planting sandalwood and and, and ohias and all these native plants and we, the area just beautiful. You know, took all the trash out of there. And anyway, so long story short, from that experience, when I came back to Hawaii, I said, you know, this is 
we got to start doing this in Koala. You know, we got to got to start organizing and taking care of the places. And I just wanted, you know, a magical childhood growing up here in Koala. So just wanted to take give a little back, you know, to that to that situation. I felt like it was my duty, and also I just it felt right, you know, to. So anyway, so that's it. We, you know, we not just Polu, we did Kapanaya, we did uh, swimming pools, we did, you know, we did all the spots that we frequented as, you know, kids. But um, Polu was our main spot because it's the biggest and also it had the most need. It was, it had so much trash. There's a lot on of it. Uh, big nets and uh, ropes. Or yeah, it, it was just, I mean, uh, everything. A lot of plastic, uh, yeah. buoys. And yeah, buoys. It was the marine debris, but oh, also... Yeah. It was also, surprisingly enough, it was a lot of um, industrial plantation trash that had fallen off the cliffs and then floated back in to Pululu. You know, you know how they dumped all their little tractors and trucks and everything right there on, you know, at Kaohola and all these other spots, you know, and then falls right off the cliff. And then eventually just even these huge tires and stuff, there's still stuff down there in Pululu, but... Um, so it was, it was everything down there. It was, it was all, you know, there's quite a bit. And then there's also, um, trash from people, you know, going down there and just leaving all their stuff down there. I think, um, someone told me a, a while ago, not like about a year ago, he, he does the unexploded ordinances stuff. So he said there, there could be some down there too. Oh, uh, guaranteed. Yeah. Cause they had, they were yeah. doing landing beach landing exercises down there. That's why there yeah. was still when i was a kid there were still tanks pieces of tanks down there amphibious um, yeah vehicles yeah yeah really yeah yeah. it was kind of a disaster from what i heard that um it was i think one person even died uh, yep yep they actually landed at on pulco there's still there's still tank treads down tank uh tank treads down there on, on the reef at pulco too i mean they basically you know they bombing range they bomb they they use their island for their practice you know can't be with you but um yeah, the, it, there's, uh, so Uncle Benny Raymond, going back to, you know, right, he, right. he told me a really cool story yeah. about those uh, war exercises that they had. You know. Yeah, they were living I down there. I never heard of it. Yeah, they were living down at the time, yeah, right, right. down there. And he said it just, the valley just all of a sudden was swarming with soldiers. And he said, and the, how this came up is um, Uncle Benny and I have a, a love for um, old things, you know. And anyway, long story short, is my um, my dad had a pretty massive glass ball collection from the ocean. You know, the floating, yeah, the yeah. floats, the Japanese, Japanese uh, uh, fishing, fishing floats. floats. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. The, the glass balls would yeah. blow it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My dad would pick them up on Kailua Beach when he was a little kid. Yeah, yeah. I got he, a bunch. Yeah, he found a bunch of them. And so anyway, um, so Uncle Benny and I, we, we would you know compare ours and whatnot. And Uncle Benny, of course had a pretty sizable collection because of Polu, you know. He lived there. Huge ones, he said. Yeah. Massive. And he said for that naval exercise or for that World War II when they brought all the soldiers in and whatnot to train, to land on beaches with their amphibious vehicles and whatnot, he said the soldiers pretty much took over the valley. And he said they had a one that was, you know, he and I were looking at one that was about this size, you know. Huge, huge, you know, over two feet twi- in twi- twice the size of, of a basketball, you know. Yeah. And so those, that's I thought that was as big as they got, but Uncle Benny said they had one that was like, four to five feet in <gasps> diameter. He said it was almost as tall as him, you know, and the soldiers used it for target practice. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's like oh, Can't imagine if that thing was oh, still boy. there, you know. I mean, anyway, so you know, it's just a little antidote, but. Uh, it kind of blew my mind in, in the fact that, you know, that that th- there was probably a lot of, uh, you know, things that were, you know, when if you use the valley for. So it's kind of like a an example of now, you know, we're kind of being used, you know, places getting attacked by, you know, people. A different kind of uh, Yeah, walker. different kind of amphibious assaults are coming down the trail this time. But it's the same situation, you know, pretty much that we're dealing with now. Instead know? of by sea, they're coming by land. Yeah, yeah. Is that Paul Revere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One by whatever. Yeah, two yeah. by land. Yeah, so. But in 204, you organized this thing. Yeah, so that year, we were kind of, um, you know, uh, fresh at it and, you uh, we wanted to, you know, so anyway, long story short is um, that year we, har- we um, hired David Okita, who is a, uh, he's a pretty amazing chopper pilot, but he's got a tiny chopper. He's got a little chopper, 
and um, he, uh, you know, lifted up. He he's a fire captain, amazing uh, pilot, and he. But anyway, he just drop his chopper right on the beach and hook up the trash and, uh, and fly it up to the you guys um, were collected in a bag uh, yeah with these big lift bags we oh. have these big massive um heli- they're made for helicopter yeah. lifting and and where did he get his training from um he is uh uh he's a fire captain and but i believe he was a, a helicopter pilot in the um Air National Guard or somebody. He has military background and and he's. I think he, I've heard of him. Yeah, he's he's an he's an uh, a great guy and he was the first guy yeah, that. Yeah, like all those really crazy rescues where they're on the side of the cliff. He, like, yeah, they call the him if it's if it's a sketchy. He's from Hilo. Yeah, he's from Hilo and guy. he is. Uh, yeah, he's. I can. Yeah. So anyway, he was our first supporter backup helicopter. Uh-huh. So you just call him up or what? Yeah, you know, I I called him up because we I'd done work with him in the past with. Um, uh, slinging stuff in and out of the valleys and whatnot. Uh-huh. So I, I knew of him. He's the only pilot I knew at the time. And uh, he answered the call. And um, But then, you know, I, I realized his his helicopter wasn't really... It's Small more... Enough. Yeah, it's more. It's not really a lift. It, it, it can lift, but it's not really, um, you know, it's made more for um, rescuing and stuff like that. You know, it's So this guy bring his chopper, hook yep. up the bag, yep. lift it up, Yes. And fly it out for you guys. And flew it right up to the top to, yeah, to... Um, they just did it, Manawani, I mean, just... Pastor Steve. Just Kokua. Yeah, Kokua, yep, yep. And so the next year, um, we couldn't get a chopper, and that's when we used the mules, and we had... Um, that's when we had uh, Clay Carvalho and uh, Wally Ching uh, gave a bunch of his mules and whatnot. So we had, um, I want to say, over... It was upwards, probably a little less than 30 mules. It, it was a huge uh, pack train of animals, and we loaded them up with all the trash. You know, everybody would just gather it up, and then in that case, we were putting it in these, you know, side saddle sling bags. But that was pretty effective. That was a lot of trash that just slowly made its way up the That poly. must have been a sight to see. It was pretty cool, yeah. Did you guys take pictures, photos? Um, yeah, we have pictures yeah. of all of that. Yeah, yeah I, have, I have pictures of, of every year, yeah. So, so that's a... A 30-mule train going up. Yeah, yeah, all loaded up. And, and those huge tires and stuff. That's yeah. the thing about those mules. Choppers have a, a real weight restriction, you know. Uh, but mules, no, there's no weight restriction because there's so many of them. <laughs> you can just put a huge rusty, like those tires weigh like over 100 pounds. Like seriously. And the mule pack it? Yeah, they just put it up one one on either side. You got to balance. Think about mule, you got to balance it. Uh-huh. The weight, no matter how much you put on, you can load those things up, but they got to be balanced, you know. Oh so, my gosh. so we put one tire on each side. Well, of course, it was the bigger ones, you know, Calais and Wally, those time they were real serious about their mule. They were going up to the mainland getting these massive big, big mules. mules. Yeah, yeah. Wisconsin. There used to be like a mule tour down, yes. going down there. Too, yeah, so. and they had these beautiful animals. So anyway, they were <laughs> amazingly effective for us. And you guys, wow. And so that, that year we got quite a bit. So year after year we started really chipping away at it. And then, of course, 2006 was the massive earthquake. And that, you know, Japan basically, once that rubbish hit oh my again gosh. it was that's when we got serious with the helicopters like again the radioactive fallout yeah it was all <laughs> most of the rubbish had you know all these japanese writing on, it, on the side of it and what, so oh, we were always like Fukushima. yes yeah 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 you know and you guys are picking up this stuff yeah so we up. yeah we picked it all up and bagged it helicopter all up. job and then that's when we had paradise helicopters i got to give a, a shout out to cal dorn and Paradise Helicopters. They came to do it for free. They came and did it for free for like several years, year after oh, year amazing. after year. I would just call Cal. And you're up. doing all of this? Yeah. You and your buddies? Yeah, yeah. And, and then the reason and, was what? And at this point, we, um, well, at this point, it just like with the park up in Waimea, it started to pick up steam and take on a life of its own. People started talking about it, started hearing about it. And then we started partnering with the Lions Club, and we started partnering with all these other organizations, um, certain businesses in town. They would have shave ice at the top for the kids and whatnot. And so every year it just got bigger and kind of more uh, organized and more effective. And then the year that we had the Lions Club, you know, we had Bobby Glory and John and all just all those guys. They're out there and they they just destroyed the lookout. They were just like uh, just an you know they. I mean, by destroyed, I mean they were cleaned it all up yeah, and just with yeah. their chainsaws and they had the food line afterwards and it was just amazing, you know, those guys. So every year, 
uh, we got more and more efficient and to the point where, uh, like, I think, I, I'm not sure exactly when the last year was, but the beach was pretty much, there was no rubbish left for us to deal with after that, you know. For, Amazing. So, yeah, so, uh, you know, the the last couple of years we did it, we did, like, four or five sling loads off the a beach with Caldorn's heavy lifter. That means he can lift like three or four of the bags. His chopper. Just, yeah, his chopper. Yeah, it was, the four oh seven. Yeah, the four oh seven, the big gray one. You know, so yeah, and he and then and then we actually the last cleanup, the very last cleanup we did was down at Cahola with with that helicopter as well. So we did swimming pools too. So, but um, Caldorn is, uh, you know, he's uh, the year after the mules. That's when I said okay. There's got, I just, I got out the yellow pages. I got out the phone book, you know, nobody even uses those anymore. Now you'd be Googling yeah, it, but right, I just but got out the phone book and just called up every helicopter company that was in the book. And, and, uh, Cal Dorn, uh, <laughs> the helicopter. yeah, yeah. Now. Cal Dorn, he, he answered, um, blue, blue, uh, blue Hawaii. They, they gave us a lift net. They were going to actually, they were going to fly for us too, but their helicopter broke down last minute and they didn't fly, but they, they were actually on board to help us as well. So, so paradise helicopters, Caldorn, they were the ones that answered the call. Everybody else just said, yeah, thanks. But we know. Amazing story. I mean, these are the stories that either forget or we, you know, don't know about them, but now I'm talking to you. That's amazing. That, uh, that part of history of Polo Lu. Yeah, I mean that's amazing. Yeah, it was yeah, that how you coordinated getting choppers. Uh, yeah, the thirty mule train. <laughs> that was pretty cool. And, and yeah. the guys, uh, Wally Chang and uh, Kale Raymond. And yeah. Kale, yeah. they call it the, the lookout because you gotta look out where you're stepping. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when those guys back in those days, yeah, yeah look out where you're stepping. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you also did Kapana and Kahola. Yes, yeah. Well, yeah. folks who are listening out there, you know, there's a little bit part of history of people who, before Polulu became an issue, yeah, as it is now, that there were guys who were putting out their service in Malama Aina, Malama Okekai, taking care of the ocean, taking care of the land. Amazing, uh, Keone. Yeah, I... I, I I thought you did it once, or maybe twice, but 11 years. Yeah. Oh, super. Now, uh, at 7.47, we've got a few minutes left. You going to play the second half, Tommy? Oh, uh, sure, yeah. Okay, why don't we get it on? We're listening to KNKR LP 96.1 FM Kohala, and Tommy's going to sing the second half of uh, Polo Blues with his father's uh, ukulele. Mountain so old, way up on the countryside. Birds on the wing, forgetting a while, back on the windward side. Sometimes it seems all of my dreams, I'm just along for the ride. Some might cry, for they got pride, someone who is loved here is died. They sell to build their hotels. My father and I once knew birds all along the sunlight at dawn singing polo blues. All right, <laughs> all right, my man. Uh, great, we're back live. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm gonna switch the some of the time now back to you, Tommy. We were standing outside talking, you know, the real meeting. And we're talking with, uh, who's the fireman out there? Uh, Elijah. Yeah, Elijah. Yeah. Elijah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We had a pool cleanup. His wife and son came to yeah. help out. Mahalo, you guys. Um, you guys were talking about further in Polulu. And then Tommy, <laughs> Tommy had these goats, <laughs> right? You had these goats. And I was standing there blowing my mind. You want to share that with the people in Radio Land? Oh, well, yeah, these are goats. Uh, got saddles for them and everything. So. I mean, these are goats, right? Yeah, but, you know. pretty big. Um, They're large goats. Well, large. <laughs> male, uh, castrated, uh, weathers, I think they're called. Yeah. Those, um, weathered. Castrated. Okay. Anyways, um, so 
Well, yeah, I don't know. I just ended up with these goats, and I thought, well, i got to use them now so, um, to go on the trail farther. I mean, that was the nice thing about people going in with their horses because they were going to keep the – got to keep the trail pretty clear for a horse. Keep it open, through. clear. Yeah, yeah, and then after that big earthquake and everything, and they, uh, the horses couldn't get through, and they, people kind of gave up on the trail after a certain point. And, but, um, this is I going past Pololo, right? Yeah. Yeah, so um, – I don't know. I was just kind of inspired at the time to to uh, use the goats to help me out, carry a couple tools, and I don't know, like just to make it be able to get some animals out there. I was I was almost actually hoping, I think, to to almost inspire the um, <coughs> people that did have the horses, maybe kind of like start it, and then be like, oh, well, it is possible. You know, you could you could still take a horse, maybe if if you fix it up a little bit more. But um, <laughs> as long as I can get the goats through, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> so. Um, so you pack up these goats, I mean two goats, right? Sometimes two, yeah, they're oh, kind many? of a hand. I only got two, but one's kind of, um, I mean, I, I can only really handle. When there's a lot of people on the trails, too, it's kind of hard. Um, yeah, people kind of get in the way, and, yeah. and the goats want to scatter around. But oh, oh, yeah. I, I can only really hold on to one. And so you take um, these goats, you pack, what do you pack them up with? Uh, like w Water, because I drink a lot of water, so I like quite a bit of water and then make a couple little tools like um a little saw or you know a couple little things but um how far uh, do you go i've i've made it to iki with the goats and back out in one day where's that iki honokana iki yeah, oh valley. it was the th uh, third third valley yeah and so what do you do with the tools uh we'll cut branches and uh, kind of um, dig out the trail a little bit oh so you're, you're doing maintenance work yeah because I was getting pretty tired having to crawl on some part of the trail. I was just no like, no kidding, it's all <laughs> overgrown. <laughs> oh yeah, so, uh, especially yeah? like get, getting down yeah. into Iki. It was that was where I actually I really wanted to start. I, did, I was doing that before the other big landslide sections. But, uh, oh, so yeah. you, you're just going on your own? Yeah. And you take the goats got names a bit. Yeah. <laughs> What's their names? Uh, Bucky's the good one. <laughs> he's, the, he's the one that I usually take, uh, and then Lionel's kind of like the. Like <laughs> you should change your name. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just went down there on Tuesday. It was pretty nice. A couple of days ago, was, the moon was pretty big already. Kind of go down Is late it night, in the, uh, late in the afternoon, um, and it was kind of nice because there was no one really down there. Oh too, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You get to kind of have the free run of the place. And so you go to uh, uh, to Second Valley. I know I haven't been in there years. You know, we used yeah. to hunt Ditch Trail. We used yeah. to hike Second Valley, catch Opal. But that was years <laughs> and years ago, so I guess everything's been overgrown. Yeah, well, the earthquake uh, oh. destroyed the um, switchbacks. Oh. Yeah, so there's a couple spots where there's no trail to speak of, really. And just so a drop-off? It's like just kind of like it's, um, people have uh, put ropes in. It's real dangerous. And oh. it goes straight down instead of like that angle yeah. where you'd normally walk on yeah. like to get to the switchbacks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was, it, you know, the earthquake just decimated the, the, the trail it, yeah. system back there yeah so it's pretty dangerous now <laughs> so. so you pack up your goats water some tools yeah, beer yeah. <laughs> 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 liquid carbs liquid yeah, carbs. opinions and beliefs so the views <laughs> and the host do not necessarily reflect those of KNKR and their affiliates okay we got that out of the way. Uh, so you go in there and uh -huh. your thing is you clear the trail yeah Mostly enough for the goats to get through and for, like, a person to walk straight up, not like a caveman. I mean, but yeah, but yeah. you're doing it as a service. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, but it's, it's mostly for me, but yeah. <laughs> anyone yeah. else can enjoy it also. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, it would be nice yeah. to ins inspire other people. Yeah. Like, uh, it'd be nice, you know, I, when I do it, I'm like, well, maybe other people, will, you know, like, throw a couple of rocks off it's as they, they walk the by. Trail themselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, somebody's going to set the example, yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. So do you go back there? I do, yeah. In fact, I noticed his trail work <laughs> when I took the Boy Scouts hiking in there. And, uh, you know, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Because I, I go back there and hunt as well. And it, the trail was, like he said, it was rough. You had to earn it to get back there. <laughs> Crawling. You know, yeah, crawling and just, you oh, know. Don't win. Oh, yeah. And with the backpack. And, and with the, the dogs. Hole. It's, you know, trying to keep your dog, your dogs on a rope. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's it's a nightmare. And them trying to go in under all the logs. The Christmas berries, just like a spider web. <laughs> and so, anyway, it was just a welcome. 
But we were just so happy because Tommy had been back there and he had cleared the trail. And he had made it really nice. So for the Boy Scouts, it was clutch, you know, because those boys, yeah. a lot of them, it was their first time back there. So, you know, so it was safe. Yeah, it was safe and it was a, a much easier, less strenuous hike than it would have been if we had to <laughs> scramble over all that rubbish. It's, it's probably getting to that point where it could use a little more yeah, uh, t- TLC again. Yeah. I haven't really been yeah. doing anything. Well, you yeah. better uh, get Bucky and Lionel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get well, we, we, I, I do feel we have to make a public service announcement that <laughs> you don't one. really want to go back there unless uh, you yeah, are true. with somebody like Tommy or, yeah. or somebody my, yeah, who knows what they're doing back there. You know, there's a lot of hazards. There's, there's wild dogs. There's pigs and... You know, I, I think mean, a I, lot of it too is, um, which is kind of someone might not really think about is like the, the ground sometimes is almost like you're walking on marbles and you're kind of on a yeah. slope. So it's really easy to slide. And then yeah. and when you're sliding, um, you could get poked. Like in, I, I've seen that where people get like really hurt when they get poked like in the eye from yeah. branches and stuff By as they're v. sliding. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so there's all kinds of hazards back there. So the message would be what? Uh, the message would be if Stay you, in e- yeah, yes, you know, unless you, you know, got a reason to go back there, or unless you're with somebody who's knowledgeable, knows. yeah, that knows the, you know, the way to go back there, you know, because it's, uh, you know, I, 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 um, because I grew up back there, pa- practically, you know, I've gone and I, I'm on a short list of guys they. When somebody goes missing, I get called up because no I, way. Yeah, because I know the place pretty well back there, you know. And and you go look for them. There's a lot of people that have just disappeared back there. I mean, and it's the guys who are not dummies, you know what I mean? These guys knew what they're doing, and they still they last thing last thing they saw is they were walking down the lookout, Polo, and then that's it. Some of them we yeah we never found hide nor hair. We looked at, for them for like over a month with helicopters and satellite pictures and. That place Everything. eats up. It eat yeah. It, it yeah. You got it. You got to just if you, when you go back there, you should know that. You know, I I like to say that like once you you pass Polu, you're you're kind of passing a portal. Yeah, you know that back there. That's no man's land back there. You know. I know back. Uh, well, like I I don't remember uh, late seventies maybe. Uh, I used to go back there. My friend Matthew Makayo Kubakawa we used to go hook opo. Yeah. Uh, then me and my friend would take our girlfriends at the time. Hike to Second Valley, you know, yeah. camp out, and then we'd hit the uh, ocean trail coming back to Polo. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the trail was, well, of course, you know, it was maintained because, you know, you had uh, the chains and sprouts. Yeah, and, Uncle yeah. Kendi was, he was yeah. back there so all the, the time. The trail was, you know, clear. Yeah. But like you say, the earthquake, now it's dangerous. Yeah. So you hear, folks, these are two expert guys, the men. Serving our community almost unknowingly by many of us. Keone uh, McKillop, 11 years cleaning Pololu, Kapanaya, Kahola. Uh, Tommy, you've saved a few people down there, along with some other people. Jeff <laughs> Mackey, you know, saved five people. Yeah. And uh, uh, Ben Fisher, he saved a bunch. Yeah. And I know there's other people that were rescued down there. Yeah, I think uh, I heard something like that's that's one of the most like p- where people drown in Hawaii the most is at Polo Lu. Yeah, the yeah. other place was cool up there. Yeah, and they got lifeguards down there. No? Yeah, but uh, yeah, I just <laughs> want to point that out to uh, you know our listeners in Kohala that you know if you look to the past history, uh, these <laughs> things that were occurring and some are still going on, like you, Tommy. Uh, you know, clearing the trail. And you yeah, because once it gets lost, I mean, it might be gone forever. So that's right. right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll going. never go again. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. You know, I remember my sons, they would go up to Polo early in the morning. Yeah. And then they would run it to to the bench. Yeah. Atop of, uh, they call it the bench, yeah? Yeah. Uh, Second Valley. Yeah. Run back up Polo, drink some water, and run back. That was their workout. Mm-hmm. It's a and good uh, workout. Yeah, they were, they were <laughs> in yeah. shape. I yeah. remember Vince Wernicke yeah. and his wife, ben, mm. they'd do that too. Yeah. But there were other people that, you know, yeah. would do stuff like that. Yeah. But like, uh, I'm glad you guys were able to come on and share that information yeah. with us. And thank you for your service. Oh, yeah. Thank you. you, you know, are, thank you for your service. Yeah, you guys, you and Uncle Benny and all Hui Mama Lahoa, you guys were leaders of the pack for making sure we had an amazing childhood here in Koala. Uh, thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Uh, they were great, great guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I miss them. Uh, Uncle Benny's still with us. Yeah. 
Al Hayashi is still with us. Oh yeah, Al Hayashi, yeah. Slavo, and yeah. uh, you know these other guys. I, I really love these guys. And, yeah. uh, the guys that passed on, I really miss them. Yeah. But you guys, you're, you're the young breed. You're the new breed. You know, it's uh, you're the guys uh, are tasked with continuing the uh, service yeah. of the people. Anyway, our time's up. Okay. And mahalo, uh, Tommy. Okay. Well, yeah. Thanks for yeah thank, thank you guys. And uh, Kioni, thank you very much. My honor. Okay. Uh, we'll see you guys next Thursday. All right. That's it for us tonight. Uh, aloha and mahalo. This is Aloha Country on KNKR.